Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation podcast. Welcome to the Mintel Little Conversation, where our experts bring you fresh ideas and new perspectives on how consumers eat, drink, shop, groom, and think. I'm Dana Mackey, an Associate Director at Mintel, and today we're discussing the concept of digital detox. I'm joined by three of our Mintel analysts in our Chicago-based U.S. office and across the pond in London. I want everyone to quickly introduce yourselves so the listeners can hear your voices, your names, and understand what you do. Hello, I'm Diana Kelter, a senior trend analyst here in the Chicago office. I focus on macro trends impacting consumer behavior. So my job is to really look across all the categories uh, we talk about that are impacting consumers. And before my time at Mintel, I actually worked in the digital marketing space. Um, So this is a very relevant conversation for me. Hi, my name's Helen Fricker. I'm a Trends Manager for EMEA region based in London. And so I do a similar role as Diana, but previously I was looking after our leisure reports for Mintel. So my ex- area of expertise is really to do with like health, fitness and leisure. Hi, I'm Sarah Nettesheim and I have been at the Mintel Chicago office for a little over a year now. And I am the social media analyst. So I work across categories and I use online and social data to see what consumers are actually saying about different industries. And I use that information to find consumer-focused insights. I also have a background in social strategy from three years at an ad agency. And I use that to monitor the social space and keep clients informed on important platform updates, relevant trends, and unique social campaigns. I'm so excited to have all of you here to have this conversation. Recorded or not, I'm really excited to hear what everyone has to say on this topic. It's such an interesting intersection of trends and social media. So I think I definitely have the experts in the room to chat about this. I'm the person who's not an expert, so I'm going to be asking a lot of questions. And my first question, I really have no concept of whether or not digital detox is an actual thing or if it's just something people talk about. So I want to start with with maybe um, why adults want to take a break from social media or their emails or just push notifications in general. What are they trying to escape from? Like what is so bad about social media? So I think uh, everyone knows the quote comparison is the thief of joy. And this really sums it up. Um, Social media is all about viewing other people's lives, which inevitably leads to comparison. And I think that's the main thing that people are trying to escape th- escape from when they detox from their social platforms. Um, but in general, I think they're also just very addictive in nature. The platforms are coming out with more and more features that are designed to keep you on the platforms and spend more time. And so people just find themselves spending so much of their day on these platforms. And I think that becomes frustrating to them. So you see more tools either from the platforms themselves, um, Facebook and Instagram both allow you to manage your time within the individual apps. But then you also have the screen time tool on the iPhone, for example, which allows you to monitor how much you're spending on each app and it allows you to set limits. So I think, you know, people are looking to get away from any negative mental health effects that come from comparing their lives, but they also just want to get some of their time back. 
And just building off of what Sarah mentioned about addictive, I don't want to age myself here, but <laughs> I started college in uh, 2005 when Facebook really was first coming on the scene. So that's when it was just for college students. And many millennials listening will remember that when it first launched, it didn't even have the newsfeed. It was you had to go to someone's profile. And I distinctly remember being in college the morning that newsfeed was released. It was kind of a shock. No one knew it was just there. And people were like, this is creepy. I can't, I'm going to delete Facebook. It was just this reaction of like, this is an invasion, but it was so quick that people just adapted to that. Like that, it just became the norm and it really did create that addictive nature that Sarah mentioned because people craved that. They wanted to know. And when we think about it, that's really become the basis for every social media platform that followed. It really had that news feed. Um, and I think we're just reaching a point where people are going back to that morning where it was a shock and people are like, enough is enough. It's become too much to keep up with and it's really impacting our personal lives, our professional lives. And I think that's why we're seeing people kind of just retreat back to that initial reaction they had when this was launched and people are reaching that breaking point. I just think it's hilarious that delete Facebook was a thing in 2005 <laughs> because we talk so much about it now. I just find that really funny. Right. Obviously, a few people did. Re like, it, like I said, it was a reaction. But we've then noticed. Like, but yeah, we've I noticed, guess. Diana. <laughs> I also think back on when Instagram first became big, I would be able to scroll through my entire feed and see every update from everyone I followed. And now it's just an endless scroll. You can just continue to scroll for as long as you want and you have to have the self-control to actually stop. I think it's quite interesting that like we, we hear it from consumers saying they want to cut back because of their, their concern about their mental health. But I feel that it might actually be the media that are telling them this. You know, there's so much research coming out. We, we don't know as individuals, we're being told it's bad for our health. So I've, I think it's a mixture between we kind of know we're slightly addicted to it, but then we're being told that we are as well. So it's a kind of a mixture between the two, I feel. I also think that's an interesting point because when you think about um, not necessarily older generations, but, um, you know, other than Gen Z, uh, people didn't necessarily grow up with this kind of constant updates um, about other people. Uh, and so to those consumers, it can feel overwhelming and like it's becoming too much. But I think it's interesting to think about Gen Z. They've just known this forever. This is how they've grown up. And I think they can go one of two ways. Um, one, in recognizing that that's not their thing and they want to have a more private um, social presence or they're just so used to it that it doesn't even really affect their mental state because it's just something they've always known. Sarah, that's so interesting. And I think you're, you're almost dancing around it because I think you're trying to, you're trying to be fair and even across ages. But, but I think with, just to distill it, I think what you're saying is like the fear is coming from older generations who aren't comfortable with this technology, whereas younger mm -hmm. generations might not see the harm or may be able to, uh, to find balance a little bit more easily. Am I restating that? Is that fair? Yes, I think that's spot on. And I think this can apply to privacy as well. The older generation is definitely more concerned with privacy on social media. And I've definitely discussed among my own friends that we just don't really care that much uh, who sees what we post. Um, 
whether or not brands have our information, if unless they're using it in an, a totally obnoxious way, it just isn't as much of a concern. Yeah, I had the exact same conversation with someone yesterday that I am fully aware that pretty much all the technology brands, no matter what devices I use and what, what channels I use, they have all my information and I'm just okay with that. Like I, I you know, I wasn't, I was, I'm a similar age, so I'm in 30s. I remember when Facebook was launched, but I'm so used to this technology now. Whereas you do, you hear older generations that are very skeptical of it, um, to do with like, their data, their finance, all things like that. Anything that's used um, in a digital way, they are much more concerned was we just, just get on with it. It's life to us. Yeah, I think we all have those moments where we're talking to friends about a product and then maybe an hour yeah. later we see an ad for it. And yeah. we all have that reaction of like, wow, that's kind of creepy. But do we change our behaviors? No, we yeah. just we just kind of we're like, oh, that's that's something. But we're not going to really take yeah. action on it. <laughs> so we've been talking about it's so funny. I hadn't thought about like digital detox being for older the older i always thought about it like this is something young people need because because they're on social media so much obviously i'm showing my bias here as an older person that i would think this is more applicable to younger consumers so my question is with younger generations if they are more able to sift through all of this vast information find balance with it not be overly concerned with privacy is digital detox something that social platforms really need to be concerned with I think something interesting, uh, it was just re- uh, started shipping this week, is that Light Phone 2. I don't know if anyone's heard about this, but it's a minimalist phone that is kind of designed to go against the smartphone. So it allows you basically to make calls. Uh, you can text from this updated version and it has an alarm clock, but it doesn't have internet or apps. So it's really designed to be the anti-smartphone. And they recently just did a, a campaign. They took out... Uh, an ad in the New York Times, and they basically use Apple's own words against them about why people need to take breaks. And it was just a really interesting comparison because they're making some very relevant points about everyone is saying everyone, not just younger consumers, needs to take breaks. But when you look at it, both ends of the spectrum aren't going to be the reality. People aren't going to ditch smartphones and people are also still reaching a breaking point. So it's like, is this phone going to be a supplement? So what when you go out to dinner with friends and you don't want to be distracted, you take this light phone too. But for the rest of your daily life, you're using your smartphone. And I just feel like it's not just social media that is going to impact people. It's the tech companies. It's They all have to work together to set these limits uh, because it is the smartphone. It's packaging it all together. And I think that's where that's impacting everyone. Everyone has a smartphone, young consumers, older consumers. Um, and I think it's you can't just look at it siloed in that sense. Yeah, I definitely agree uh, with what you're saying, Diana. Uh, I think ultimately, I don't think it's a a real risk for social platforms. I don't think any platform is going to, you know, go extinct because of digital detoxes. There's just not enough people doing it at the same time. Um, A lot of people do a digital detox and then come back. So I don't think any of them need to be truly worried. Um, But that being said, I do think that consumers are more and more choosing to simplify their social presences and really narrow down which platforms they use. So someone will deactivate Snapchat and Facebook and only use Instagram, for example. So this, I think, would really, it would behoove platforms to show that they understand how saturated the social space is and that it's okay to take a break. And if they're able to effectively communicate this, they might see some users taking a digital detox or a break from the platform, but ultimately return rather than delete their accounts completely. So I think they should be more worried about 
being eliminated over another competitor, but I don't think that digital detoxes pose an overall threat of extinction. I almost see digital detox as a humble brag, like something people say (laughs) they're doing to prove that they don't need the validation of social media. Mm -hmm. Am I just, is that negative or am I the only one? No, I'm so glad you said that because um, I was, I've seen two different um, examples of this from influencers recently. Um, You've got a really extreme example um, from a blogger named Lee from America. She took a five month break from Instagram and posted about it before she left saying that she really needed to be keeping more to herself as a form of self-care. And then when she returned, she posted or has posted a lot of posts um, just commenting on how, why she took a break, how she feels about coming. And she used an interesting is vulnerability porn, which I think is a definitely real trend. Um, you know, everyone wants to be authentic and real on social media, but it's kind of gone to an extreme at this point where you're almost bragging about this is how authentic I am. This is how great I am. But the underlying message is this is how perfect I am without having to actually try. Um, kind of like the I woke up like this trend that, you know, ultimately just turned into people posting selfies where they looked good. <laughs> so I think you get people um, who will kind of engage in that on a lower level. Um, so I'm not trying to like bash anyone, but there is a blogger who I really like and follow um, named Hannah Bronfman. And she posted a couple days ago about how she took an accidental break from social media over the weekend, um, which included everything that she did, but she didn't post it until later. And to read a quote from the post, um, she said, here are some photos from the weekend that I'm posting while reflecting on not posting. So I think you definitely see a lot more (laughs) influencers calling out the fact that they've taken a break from Instagram or whatever platform, but they're still talking about it with their followers and uh, making sure that you see that they did it. So I think you're not too cynical to say that it's gotten a little bit, um, it's delving into the space of showing off. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've seen like much smaller influencers, people that I follow off from a personal level taking breaks over the summer, but they haven't come back and then said, this is what I was doing. They've just said, I took a break for a month and it allowed me to be, feel really refreshed and looking forward to sharing with you content, you know, going forward. So it's almost like they have like a summer holiday from it. But um, I definitely agree that I think a lot of the stuff that we see on social media is done just inadvertently for likes and, you know, what exactly what you said. It's, just, it's a way of showing off like, sort of like in, indirectly. And that makes me think, because not just influencers, but everyone in general, it makes us think social media has made us kind of live in a world where we think people are waiting to hear what we're doing, or they need to know what we're doing. And the reality is probably most people aren't, but our minds are now trained to think, oh, I haven't been on social media. People are probably wondering what happened to me. And whether that's true or not, our brains are just wired that way now. Yeah. I wonder if that's a generational thing because I don't think that anyone in my sort of peer groups that bothered. If someone's on social media, I'm not desperate to find out what they're doing. Those younger consumers are really, really influenced by these people. And as soon as they post one little snippet, you see it with kind of like pop stars, then it's like mass hysteria that someone's got their hair cut or something. So you just, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see yeah, how this plays out specifically with those, those younger, much more influential um, uh, teens and tweens. Yeah. It's interesting because it sounds like 
all of us are on social media. We're all familiar with the, the pros and the cons, but we definitely have this healthy balance of, I only believe so much. I only care so much. Um, you know, we're not entirely enamored with social media the way we may have been five years ago. Uh, so I, I want to, even though this time is flying by, I want to, to leave it with one last question. What would make you abandon social media altogether? If anything, I know for me, I think it's kind of the apology culture we live in. I feel like the main reason sometimes people do take a break is they they say something that maybe they regret or they say something that gets taken the wrong way. And people are very harsh to people nowadays on social. And I think that is what has an impact on our mental health when we're just called out like that on such a public display. And and I know for myself personally, that would cause me to take a lot of time to reflect if I was put in that situation. Um, and I think that would cause me to just maybe step away from social if I was ever in that situation. Yeah, I th- what I most get from social media is um, a sense of inspiration, uh, whether that's for creative pursuits. I really like photography and I follow a lot of photography accounts that I find really inspiring. Um, Or uh, I use it a lot to discover new things. So I also really like reading. And so I follow a lot of bookstagrams or accounts that focus on specific books and give really detailed, thoughtful reviews. And so I think if I ever felt like even these smaller communities that I follow, if I felt like those were becoming fully infiltrated by commercialization and sponsored content. You know, obviously that's so huge in a lot of industries, but I still feel like I can find really authentic recommendations in certain areas of Instagram. And so I think if those got taken over by brands and sponsored content, I might consider leaving since it wouldn't be serving my main goal. I agree. I've definitely changed the way I use social media over the last few years. Um, I don't post as much. And for me, I use specifically more Instagram for kind of health and fitness content. And a lot of that is so saturated with fake information that that would be the one thing that I would, I've already started turning it off because I don't need to see these pretend fitness they're basically half the time sort of fake celebs like d-list celebs that have got sponsorship from nutrition brands and i don't need to see that because luckily i'm educated enough in this to know that that's not the real life so that would that that puts me off the, the, the social media in that sense that it's just it's targeting innocent people um and you need to be aware of the kind of false information that is often out there. Even just the responses here is making me think of this trend of moving from oversaturated platforms to smaller platforms is going to continue because it doesn't seem like anyone really wants to completely abandon it because that's how you get information. That's how you connect with people. But it does just kind of validate what we're seeing people move from Facebook to Instagram or from Instagram to something even smaller. That's a great point. And I think that leads into something I was thinking about, which is when we talk about social media, I think there are outliers. So one platform I've always really been influenced by is Pinterest, um, because I think it's a unicorn in this space is what like what Sarah started off by saying comparison comparison is a thief of joy. Pinterest is really not about that. It's about what do you, what are you inspired about? What do you dream about? Um, And it's not the images you find aren't attached to a person. So you're not making that comparison. You're just finding things that inspire you. And I think there's a lot to learn from the, like that culture Pinterest has set up where it's not real time. It's not as addictive in that sense. It's addictive for yourself, but you're not addicted to what other people are doing. And I think there is a lot to be learned from that, especially now as we're talking about the emotional 
well-being. And I think the same could be said of YouTube. That really, those how-to guides teach people a lot and helps them kind of maybe do something they didn't think they could do on their own. I'm really glad you brought up Pinterest, Diana, um, for two reasons. One, uh, they've actually stopped sort of branding themselves as a social platform. Uh, When I used to work at an agency and we would have um, Pinterest partners come in, they would always clarify and make sure it was um, everyone understood that it they weren't seeing themselves as a social platform really anymore. It was more of a, a search-based inspirational platform. And I think that's interesting that they made that decision and really understood that that was kind of a positive for them to be backing away from the uh, label of a social platform. Um, they've also recently come out with uh, mindfulness tools. I'm not sure if that's the exact um, correct definition or name of what they came out with, but they came out with um, a bunch of tools where if you are searching things on Pinterest that have to do with, you know, mental health or just any kind of struggles, um, their tools will pop up and um, they're anything from, you know, like taking a little bit of time for meditation or uh, breathing, uh, but they're designed to have someone on the platform better their mental health. So I think they're really on top of uh, this space. Um, I just found a few things um, uh, when we were digging into this. I know that Instagram launched an away mode that allows users to temporarily kind of leave if they're going through a different, difficult period. So I think that's something that we're probably going to see more. Um, I know like Snapchat also has done a few campaigns around uh, mental health. I think one was called Because of You with um an ad council, it's an American company, so you guys might know more about that than, than me. But I just feel that, you know, the we are quite sometimes harsh on social media brands, but a lot of them are, are doing their best to address this. I feel like they've realised that the pressure is on and they need to step up and um, really look after their users because, you know, that once they make the headlines about the negative effects and people kind of committing suicide over comments and trolls and things, you know, this is a serious issue and I think we'll definitely see more of these brands doing that to to help users in the future. Absolutely, Helen. Uh, I know another thing that Instagram has been testing in different markets is removing the count of likes on posts. I know they've been doing that in Canada and I think perhaps a few other markets, but I am extremely interested to see how that would affect things. I think um, in somewhere like the United States, that would be just revolutionary just considering how many influencers and sponsored content we have I think that would really transform the platform and I think that would actually cause a lot of people to both step away from the platform because they primarily use it as a way to monetize their content but I also think it would bring a lot of people either into it or maybe they would return to it because of um, removing that kind of competitive aspect. So I think that is something to definitely keep an eye on. And then I guess one final thing I would comment on, I think in just in general, as consumers, we do have more power than tech companies might be giving us credit for because we do, some things might not bother us, but the things that do, we're going to take a stand for. And I think even with like Gen Z not being a Facebook generation, Facebook has had to evolve if they want to keep that. So that means maybe adding more private groups. So I think tech companies are going to have to evolve with consumers because their preferences um, will demand that. Well, just a final note for our listeners, just because 
we're talking about digital detox today does not mean we don't want you to follow Mintel News on Instagram. So <laughs> at Mintel News on Instagram, check us out. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast content. We'll be here next week with another episode of The Little Conversation.